Hi everyone and welcome back to Just a Dare. This is the seventh episode of season three and I'm really excited for today's episode because as I was talking about a possible guest in the past two solo episodes that I did, that guest is able to join me on this episode and as you guys can tell by the title, we're talking about the unfortunate normalization of sexism. So like I said, really excited, eager to have this episode actually happen because I know that it's going to be a really good conversation between the two of us. So yeah, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Hi, um, my name is Sai. I'm 19 and I am currently a sophomore at Johns Hopkins University. I am majoring in biomedical engineering and I'm minoring in women, gender and sexuality. Okay, thank you so much for that. So, um, yeah, I think that she can bring a lot to this. Oh, bring a lot to the table in this conversation. And I know that it's going to be a good one, like I said before. And per usual, we're just going to the prompts. So we'll get started with that now. So the first prompt is, in what ways have you experienced sexism before, but it was brushed off as something normal or okay? Okay, yeah, I'm super happy to be here too. Uh, so uh, I am um, a woman of color. And um, the thing with the sexism and racism that I experience as an adult is that it's normalized, as you said. Um, you know, when we're kids, uh, whenever, you know, people make fun of us, it's like pretty clear. Uh, most times it happens, you know, right, like straight to our faces. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a whole different ball game. But in, like, as an adult, um, it's different uh, because it's casual. Like this racism is casual and the sexism is casual and it happens through microaggressions, right? You know, um, it's like whenever I've, I've been like spoken over a man maybe, or someone like looked at me weird at the, at the grocery store, or like maybe someone like that I know, like a guy said that he didn't like super independent women, right? Um, but even that word, you know, microaggressions, like detriments those that are detriment that are discriminated against, um, because uh, it downplays the inequality that we have to suffer with, right? Like it implies that it's no big deal. And so, like, yeah, again, like as you said, like the fact that racism and sexism are rushed off um, as something normalist, like it makes it all the more harder, you know, for us to fight against. Yeah, and I definitely agree. And as you were speaking, I realized that like before, I didn't really think through like with the term microaggressions and I just didn't really exactly realize that, yes, it's literally downplaying like everything that we go into as if it's micro and minor and not a big deal and a small thing, whereas it's an aggression and it, that's just what it is, aggressive. It doesn't need to be like, oh, it's a small thing or it's just like not a big deal, like you were saying. So the fact that I didn't even, I think even that itself, that term has been normalized as, oh yeah, that's just a minor thing, it's a small thing. And no one really thinks through it like that. But the fact that you brought that up is definitely true. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I didn't even realize it myself, but it definitely makes sense. So the next prompt is, has there ever been a time when you wish that you weren't born a female due to the treatment of women in our society? Yeah, okay. So um, like two major things come to mind. Um, like for the first one, um, I was just thinking about, you know, cause um, how like in this society, um, uh, you know, it's conditioned us to have way less expectations of a man, especially, you know, in the professional or, you know, work sphere, you know, like a man, a man can, let me, okay, well, let me explain this uh, from terms of like a woman, right? So a woman has to, you know, look, uh, you know, ha they have to subscribe to a certain um, number of qualifications, right? They have to look a certain way, like they have to be attractive, but not too attractive because then she's trying too much or like she has to be smart, you know, but not too smart because then she's a know-it-all, um, you know, she can be nice, but, you know, not too nice because then she's easy. And, you know, you, she can also, especially in the workplace, this is important, like she can be independent, right? Cause that's important, but 
not too independent because then she's bossy but if a man has an excessive amount of you know one of these qualities uh you know the man is praised and put on a pedestal and they don't have to you know micromanage their their personality traits or their attractiveness level uh because they're going to get what they want uh, regardless um and especially for a, for a woman you know society associates being attractive with intellect or personality which doesn't make any sense um and that's my first, you know, my, my first qualm uh, or my first complaint. And then the other one is I, I do have a uterus. Um, that's the sex organ that most people assigned female at birth have. Um, it's obviously, you know, I, this is a little, I, I don't know if this is a little immature or not, but I do think it's somewhat unfortunate that I have to have a period every month. Um, but uh, more, more like, I think what's more unfair is the fact that I have to go and pay, uh, you know, for these period products that a lot of people with uteruses can't afford, like can't afford to buy. Um, so yeah, that's another thing that I feel like society has placed unfairly um, on females. Yeah, and I definitely agree. Um, I think for me, there wasn't, oh, I'm still growing up, but like there wasn't really a time where like, I kind of wish that I was like a man per se, but I think that there have been times when I was just kind of like, oh, like if I was a man, like I would have it easier. Not necessarily that like I, um, like wish that I wasn't just like I knew that it would be like easier or whatever if I was and like you were saying with the period thing like that's definitely another thing because every time like I'm just like oh my gosh like why do I have to go through this and half of the population doesn't have to go through this and I like always hate that a lot but um and I don't even think that it's immature like you saying that I I feel mm -hmm. like everyone goes through that because like it's just something that I don't think anyone necessarily enjoys but like the same time I guess we know that that's just how it is, I guess. But um, yeah. So the next prompt is, what are your thoughts on the wage gap? And do you believe that we will eventually get to a point to where there's equal pay? Okay, um, the wage gap is such an infuriating problem, uh, first of all. Um, it's also like self-perpetuating, right? Like women, you know, have been paid less uh, than, man, than men for like the exact same profession. Like, so there's this joke, right? Like, oh um you know some it's like something about like uh I applied uh to a job and it's you know why would you apply to um so it's something along the lines of like how like a female doctor is paid less than a, a male doctor I don't know if it comes to me I'll, I'll tell you um but you know it starts it starts from like it started from the whole fact that like men have been going to college longer than women, right? Um, they've also like when women were even allowed to go to college, uh, they were going to, you know, fields like writing or you know English, which are important. Don't get me wrong, but those are a lot of uh, those uh, areas um, allowed them to go into teaching, right? Like so, when you like look at elementary schools and intermediate schools and whatever, it's mostly women. Um, men went into engineering, um, and that's why they're in the workplace. Uh, and so also like there's the fact that like working women in the US, uh, you know, you know, most most women have to take maternity leave at some point to have children. Um, all of these things like culminate to the fact that like employers will pay them less, employ them less and like give them less hours. Right. Um, I honestly will say that uh, I'm not really sure when we'll get to the point where there's equal pay. Um, I know I should be optimistic about this, but you know, sometimes I do feel a little, I, I will admit I do feel a little helpless because it's like such a gigantic problem, right? And it's so entrenched in our society and um, our business. Um, and I think the only way that we can fight it, right, is 
uh, with the people that are being discriminated against. You know, we need to, we as women need to fight for equal pay and education and we'll get closer to our goal. And hopefully, hopefully we can, you know, we can get there. Yeah, I agree. So when you were talking about how like a lot of times women would go into like English things and things like that and writing and whatnot, and then like men would go into like the science parts, like the math parts, different things like that. It reminded me of um, when like, uh, it was like a few years ago, but like um, when I was watching Mixed Dish and like season one or something, and how um, Bo wanted to be a, I think a scientist or something along those lines, but at like the um, school fair or whatever in the show, um, they were saying like how the woman should stick to like becoming like newscasters or things like that. And um, it kind of made me think because like from a small age for me, like I wanted to be like a journalist and be like that like newscaster person. And so it kind of made me think, I was like, wait, am I doing this? Like, because I feel like this is what like women are like supposed to like, like in that area are supposed to do whatever. So I had to kind of think about that for myself, but realized that that wasn't the reason why, but um, yeah. So it's just kind of trying as if like, oh yeah, like women should stick to this and like, they shouldn't try to go into like science parts, like the engineering parts, like you said, and like math and things like that. Um, so yeah, and I think I get what you're saying, but like how you want to like stay optimistic, but at the same time, kind of feel helpless in a sense, which I completely understand because I think that sometimes when I think about it and I'm like, it's literally 2021 and there's still not equal pay and that doesn't make any sense to me. You would think that there is, but it's not. At that point, I'm just kind of like, if we don't even have that in 2021 with everything that's been going on, when will we have it? But um, I guess, yeah, I guess it's good to stay optimistic. And I definitely think that it starts from like continuing to fight against it and fight against those oppressors and try not to just accept it for what it is. Because I think that that may be where it's kind of coming into. Like even in my head, I'm kind of like, well, I guess that's just going to be how it is like when I'm older and when I actually get into the workforce. But I've realized now, I guess, while talking to you that I shouldn't just accept that for what it is. So yeah. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> So um, the next prompt is, how do you feel about the pink tax and why do you think it exists in the first place? So like, this is so interesting, right? Because, you know, when we initially think of like the pink tax, um, it's most like most people, you know, think about the fact that, you know, I have to pay 20 bucks, right? For a pack of tampons or like, you know, something like that. But also it's like, it's a much deeper problem. Um, so we as women, right, um, you know, from a very young age, you know, when you're like watching TV or whatever, like you're going to see those, you know, makeup commercials or those uh, commercials for clothes and whatnot, right? And we've been force fed this mentality, right, that we have to spend and spend and spend more, right, on like the newest perfume or like the newest, like, I don't know, piece of clothing, um, you know, in season or like a slightly different shade of like red lipstick right which is like those are not bad things um but it but it's like the fact that we are trained to like buy more and buy unnecessarily right um in order to change our appearance or update our appearance um to make it more socially acceptable but like you look at the men's section in the store right there are like three options for shampoo right and they're all generic and they work just as well you know compared to like when they like put out all these like marketing things to like have all these like different products that are basically the same but then like for a guy it's not as many and that's like why they spend less because it's like there's it's not like it's as if quote like they don't need as many or whatever but like you said it all works the same and it's all the same but yeah yeah and you know I'm hesitant to talk about it because I'm not like trying to bash on women who do enjoy like spending um a little more on uh you know on personal products that's like really not my goal at all it's the fact that like 
men are it's really the fact that men are not told that they need to care um as much about their appearance um in order to be successful in life like you know like they people value like qualities that they have like drive and personality and determination right and those are really important in the workforce because those are really what what make you successful in a professional sphere but like for a woman they actually have to feel obligated to do this right so it's not just if you want to do it for a personal preference like society demands it of you um and they're brainwashing women into spending more money um and subscribing to this like extreme capitalist mindset but they're brainwashing men at the same time to judge women solely on their looks um and really not anything else so just placing so much value on looks while you know, some women, like for some women, again, it's like a hobby or like, it's like a personal passion, but for a lot of women, it's unattainable or, um, you know, it's too expensive. And like, that shouldn't mean that they can't, they can't succeed in other areas of their life. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that sometimes, or a lot of times, like when women are trying to get a job and they kind of like subconsciously know that they have to like, um, put more like effort, I guess, in how they look, but not just like and oh, let me just look professional type of way, but like, let me try to look like, as like really quote, like attractive so that like, I can like maybe get this job or something like that. And I think that being that a lot of people like do that is kind of something that's made it to where, um, I guess it's like, uh, I don't know the word to use per se, but kind of like, I guess it's just stuck with the society, I guess. I don't know the word to use, but yeah. Um, I, I totally understand. Yeah, thank you. So uh, the next prompt is, have you ever been in an environment, a workplace environment or school where you have seen blatant sexism take place? Uh, yeah, so um, the thing again with this is like, usually uh, whenever I as an adult experience blatant sexism and racism, um, it's usually in areas or like in circumstances where I either I'm not known to be there or like, you know, something where like, I'm, you know, I'm experiencing a different group of people say something or do something, but they don't know that I'm there. Right. Um, but you know, when we were younger and I'm sure Dara, that like you've experienced this, um, you know, have you ever been like sitting in the classroom and the teacher's like, I need some big, strong boys to move these chairs. <laughs> yep. Happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, that's the first one. Uh, which, you know, it seems harmless, but it also perpetuates this, um, this like power imbalance, right, that sticks with us for the rest of our life. Um, and then like, I've, I've been in a class uh, where we had a debate, and then like, this girl brought up a really good point. Um, but she was a little, you know, she was impassioned. She was, you know, she like had this, like, she was spirited, but this, this boy, you know, he, she made a really good point. And the, this boy on the other side of the room said, like, hey, like, is it your time of month? And I thought that was like a joke. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that actually happened. Like I, I had never heard a guy say that outright. Um, so that was horrible. Um, <laughs> and then I think probably the most, the most blatant experience um, that I had of, uh, you know, seeing sexism happen is like, I was, you know, it was a little late at night. I was walking back to my dorm uh, from my friend's house. Um, and um, I was even like with my boyfriend. So I don't really know, <laughs> but uh, this, this guy, uh, this, this guy was loading his truck outside of a frat house and 
his friend was, I guess, taking a little bit of like taking his sweet time. And the guy said, like, hurry up, um, get in the car. I have women to oppress uh, tonight. And <laughs> the way I just the way I just looked at him and like shamed him because that was horrible. Um, you know, those are the three main things. And, you know, regularly, especially like in cities, like it's it's like, again, normalized to be catcalled and it makes you feel, you know, not great. It makes you feel pretty gross. And as when I was younger, I didn't experience it as much, um, which I'm thankful for. Uh, but uh, um, it's the unfortunate truth is truth is that like if you are you know a semi attractive woman or even just a, a woman in general and you're walking along the street, there is going to be some guy who will sexualize you uh, without your consent, um, and that is that is a really gross gross feeling to feel. I will say. Yeah, I definitely understand. I think that it's just sad and unfortunate because the whole like catcalling thing like you said like is so normalized and like it happens all the time like if you're just like you said walking down the street just trying to like mind your own business doing like your thing and then someone will make some kind of crude comment that's really annoying and um yeah so um also when you were talking about like the in class thing like when teachers will say things like oh like I need a uh like strong big boy or whatever to like move these chairs or desks or whatever um that's definitely happened a lot and I had a um misogyny episode that I did back in June and we discussed that and that as well but like I definitely think that that's just so normalized because like it still kind of happens now and um it happened like in elementary school and middle school and like that's already ingrained in like young minds that oh like you can't do this because like you're a woman or you like you're different from men in this sense because like they're not like maybe you're not as strong as them or not as smart as them or different things like that and the fact that that's put into young minds at such a like I said such a young age that's just really unfortunate honestly and that's what carry like that's why sexism and all these things have like that's why it keeps going on for such a long time and that's why I feel like although progress is being made it's not completely to where we need to be yet because of that because it was it's ingrained in young minds at like a young age at five six seven years old and that's why it keeps continuing on today the next prompt is a uh, the under the rug racism within the female sex the the quote model woman being a white woman with straight hair what are your thoughts on that okay um so I think uh you know this this model woman right so I think it's difficult right for women of color to express their identity um especially like in the workplace, uh, because the, the workplace norm and standard of profession conforms, you know, to the appearance of a white woman, you know, they want straight tied back hair and like plain clothes and then plain makeup and no face piercings or no tattoos or, you know, any of those things are considered unprofessional or they're deemed, they're deemed to be not appropriate for the workplace. But but the thing is that so much of our cultural identity is tied to how we portray ourselves, um, whether it be, you know, cultural makeup or clothing or hairstyles. And um, the fact is that these women are of color, uh, especially women of color, are not allowed to or like they're not allowed or encouraged to say true to themselves um, appearance wise while being able to get a job is crazy. Like imagine like you're this woman and you um like, what about women, you know, with tribal tattoos? Uh, you know, I come from a culture that there are some women with called tribal tattoos. And imagine that you have to, like, cover them up every time you go to the workplace. Or imagine, like, I had a friend, um, or I have a friend with an Afro, and she was trying to work in 
like consulting or something and they made her either put it in a protective style or put it in a, you know a, a net or a bonnet or tie it back or something when that was not necessary like she wasn't even working in the food industry so there was no reason to cover her hair in the first place um you know i and this like leads me to believe uh, and i am a strong believer of this argument that the workplace profession uh, like workplace professionalism like the idea of professionalism in corporate america is inherently racist right because it subscribes to the lifestyle of a white person and it makes it easy for a white person to get a job and to hold a job right um what are your thoughts yeah um i definitely agree uh because like it's just really sad and unfortunate that like so many like women of color have to like change themselves so that they can actually like get a job or even be remotely like equal to like a white woman or things like that so within like sexism between like women and men like that's already a thing and then there's also like like I said before like the under rug under the rug racism within within those genders and things like that because <clears throat> like you were saying with like the hairstyles and different things like that like that just really makes it seem as if like oh like what your like culture represents and you were saying like with the tribalistic tattoos and different things like that like that's not okay for this workplace profession although it has nothing to do with that like like you were saying if it was like a food industry like that would make sense because like of like hair getting into food and whatnot, but it's that's wasn't what it was. And I also agree with you that it's inherently racist because and it's it's built off of racism. Like that's how that's what they look at when hiring someone. And I think it also even goes in with like names and stuff. I feel like if sometimes like if they see like an ethnic name, so to speak, then they'll kind of put that on the back burner compared to seeing like a typical um a typical Caucasian name or American name or whatever but um yeah I agree with that and I think that that's also something that I've kind of found like as not I don't want to use the word scary but like something I guess I can kind of like worry about like for in the future like when I actually like do begin to work because I don't want to have to change myself or change like my appearance or change like what I do on the basis because of like my culture and my race or anything like that so that I can get a job because then I think like is the job really worth it if I have to like completely change myself just so that I can fit to what they're comfortable with or what they're okay with. I'm sure you've experienced like the whitewashing of your name, right? Like even even <laughs> have like when people call role, like I they have to ask like a million times. My name is actually Sayuni. Um I go by Sai in college. Um you know for different reasons than for whitewashing, but it is, I will say it is easier. Um people are a lot more comfortable referring to me at like what by my name um which and then my last name is Dharmasena uh which again people have a hard time saying and they make a big deal about it um and it it is scary uh because on like job applications as you said like what do I look like to them and especially you know people with like you know cultural names my my boyfriend's name is Jabari um and I don't know if you know him uh you know his sister uh but he he has talked to me about the fact that like uh he's gonna he's it's gonna be harder for him simply because his name is not you know not inherently like white um or white passing i yeah i agree with like what you're saying and um like with the roll call thing as you were saying uh that i have to go through like all the time like whenever i like if we have like a substitute teacher like because i like know like my number like in the role or whatever I, at that point I just like oh I'm here because like sometimes it's just like there's no point trying like I'm not going to see you forever it's like it's okay and I've had teachers who just automatically 
like give me a nickname before like asking or anything like I like one of my classes last year like the first day she didn't even try she just called me D to like shorten it all the way to the first letter I was just like oh okay like I didn't think that that was gonna happen but and then I guess like sometimes I'm just like too nice and I don't feel like actually saying anything about it because like it didn't necessarily bother me per se I just feel like I would have been okay with it if she was like if she like maybe um asked me like oh like first at least try to pronounce it and I understand if you can't pronounce it because like that's okay like that that makes sense to me but I guess like at least trying first and then if you can't like then giving me a nickname like or asking me if I'm okay with the nickname then I feel like that's okay but um yeah and I I don't know it's just it's annoying because of the fact that we know like like our names and people around us a lot of times like we know that they're kind of put at a disadvantage in a way because of their names just because of like those applications and things like that um yeah but um so we're actually on to the last prompt now which is uh being that you're in university right now how has your treatment been as a woman in your school which I know you kind of touched on earlier but um I guess you can kind of just expand on it yeah uh so you know um in I will say uh that Hopkins is an institution um that's fairly well known for its academic standing, right? So in a lot of areas, like as far as like admin and faculty goes, um, they treat uh, both, you know, or both or all, you know, all genders uh, pretty equally in terms of the opportunities that they present. Um, but, you know, sometimes the students have different views. Like for example, um, you know, most of my classes I am fairly respected in, especially um, my classes that I'm taking for my minor um, in women, gender, and sexuality, right? Uh, which kind of makes sense <laughs> um, because, you know, it's we're minoring in women. Um, anyways, but there are a lot of majors like um, um, mechanical engineering, right? Or like computer science, which are like largely male-based, like that, that they, in those classes, there are like three women, you know? And um, I think, like from what my friends have said, um, because I've really never been in those classes, um, my friends have said that, yeah, it is harder uh, for a woman to do well in those classes simply because of the other people, the other men in the class, uh, you know, they have to, they have to work extra hard to make their voice known or to get help because oftentimes they're put down or made fun of by their male colleagues. Um, and I will say though, like in group projects or if we're like hanging out with like a group of people outside of like the classroom, but like still in college, right? Um, it's harder uh, for, for me to speak of as a woman um, without a man like speaking over me or even like belittling my ideas. And it might not be like outright, like that was something stupid to say, but like they'll like kind of laugh at it with like, their friends or, um, you know, like, or they'll like ignore me and then, you know, in a group project have, has it ever happened where you've like brought up an idea and like they've ignored you, but then like 10 minutes later, they'll bring up the same idea and claim it as their own. And it's so frustrating. That just happened like recently, actually. The same thing, like how you just described it. Like I'll say something and no one's listening to me. And then later on, they'll bring up the same thing and not even 10 minutes, it was like two minutes later, brought up the exact same thing. And I was like, I just said that, but okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand with what you're saying. And I think like, it's like I said before, I keep, feel like I keep using the word unfortunate and sad, but like unfortunate really it is that um, that's like what we kind of have to like go through on like a day-to-day -day basis. And that's why like I'm saying how it's like normalized that it's as if it's, oh, it's okay like for this to be happening and it's fine. Even though 
it's not necessarily okay and people just brush it over like oh, just on a big deal i definitely agree with what um that you've said everything this episode so far and um yeah but i appreciate you coming on with me thank you for joining me and i definitely enjoyed uh recording this with you and getting to meet you so that we could have this episode happen and yeah so well thank you so much um i had a really really great time and uh it's it's really nice to see uh younger women um take take a take a leading role in this so like congrats to you and like i hope you keep doing it and i will be listening so good luck (laughs) okay so remember there's no new episode next week saturday because it's christmas but the week after that is january 1st the first year of the new year 2022 so we're gonna have gonna continue the season on that day so that's exciting once again i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and that's the gist bye